Hey guys, welcome to The Grow Shop Show, where we talk scaling without the bullshit. I'm your host, Mark Patchett, founder of Grow Shop. We are on a mission on the show to find out the growth hacks behind some of the leading experts in e-commerce. Let's hit it with this week's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Grow Shop Show, where we talk scaling without uh, the bullshit. So all of our wonderful guests have been there and done that, which means cracking tricky growth problems with fresh and clean new ideas. And our first guest, Eden Badani, is no exception for that. So Eden, Eden is a phenomenal individual. So we started chatting. It's probably we're trying to work it out just before. I think it was it was just before COVID, which however many months that is away. But we kicked it off straight away as one of the the key things that. I've always tried to find with copy is the intersection of personality and performance. So you can get these pretty taglines that you'll see on billboards and you can tell that everybody's high-fiving as they're going through and presenting it with the board, but then they launch it and they don't report on conversions. It's difficult with billboards anyway, but even if it's something in performance media, uh, as they talk about impressions and they talk about these lofty kind of bullshit metrics because they're, they're trying to trying to cover their asses. But Eden Eden has found a, a magic formula, which I think is as much uh, art versus science, at writing very fun, very personable, highly uh, still brand focused, because encompassing a brand these days means performance. Uh, really, really fantastic copy. So it is great to have you as our first guest, Eden, if you want to say a little hello to our listeners. Yeah, that's all right. So I would say a little hello. Big hello. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's great to be here and great to be catching up with you again. And yeah, I'm excited just to just to dig into it. I think we've got some good questions that we've shared back and forth um, and I'd really like to, to dig into them. I think we've got some meaty stuff here to talk about. Amazing. The thing I didn't mention actually was that Eden is originally from Melbourne. And yes. it was Melbourne, wasn't it? And is now living over Israel. So a recovering Australian living over in Israel. <laughs> which uh, we enjoy our chats about Israel as I've spent a bunch of time over there. Cool, so the aim of the chat today is that we're gonna go over a couple of pillars of, I guess, content questions. We're gonna keep it quite loose, but what we wanna give you is three to five plus very actionable ideas that you can take away and you can start testing immediately. And then anything in between, who knows what's gonna happen, so let's just roll with it. Game time. So the first piece that is always really tricky is that anyone can say that they're a copywriter. It's a bit, well, it's similar with designers, but a little bit different as everyone can feel like they've got a good sense of design. They can say whether it's bullshit or they can say whether it's the most beautiful thing they've ever seen. Copy is a lot harder to dissect. And one of the reasons is that something that may look uh, a little boring or a little bland to somebody could actually be the one that performs. So it's, it's very, very difficult to to find fantastic copywriters that get that balance between there. So Eden, I wanted your thoughts on how people can think about finding great copywriters, validating good copywriters before they sign the DocuSign, which commits them to large amounts of money, and any other any other kind of tips you've got are just about working with wonderful copywriters. Yeah, absolutely. So as always before, I guess, before launching into into a larger project, I highly recommend doing a test project. So if you whittle, if you have a list or you have a few names that you've gathered, just to try and take a test, just to, 
because unfortunately these days with the digital age people can falsify samples they can copy other people's samples and try and pass off um you know work as their own they can uh, you know borrow <laughs> logos from, company, from companies and you know put them on their website and say or they can inflate metrics oh, of yeah. course you know metrics and statistics can be um can be abused very easily so it depends you know whatever slant that you put on the data can make it look pretty yeah. good and there's the there's um, the, the logo one there's the there's the depth of work that's done with the logo so you'll see, yeah. yeah, you'll see someone's got the Amazon logo. It's like, well, what did you, what did you do for Amazon? They're like, sorry, we signed an NDA, we can't talk about it. So I think that's always an interesting <laughs> red flag. And it, and it could, yeah. it could, it could have been they just wrote a title description for for someone's Amazon listing. You know what I mean? It could be very fluffy. Yeah. yeah. They might not have worked with Amazon. Um, you see it sometimes on LinkedIn. People who are partners with Google or partners with Facebook will actually say that they work at Google or Facebook sometimes. So yeah. keep an eye out, um, even if they don't actually work with, you know, work for them. Um, so ideally, first is to get a test project. See if they can, they can deliver. Yeah. That's it. It can be something simple as just give me, write two paragraphs about X topic. Like mm -hmm. literally, it doesn't even have to be related to the project. Just see what they can do, what they can take with with a task that you've given them. Just to see, if not it's not in terms of learning how quickly they can turn something around, but it's in terms of grasping how quickly they can turn around something that's good, mm. like something that's yeah. solid, something that has that has that has feeling that if they can weave emotion, they can weave feeling, or they can weave um, some conversion practices already into a couple of paragraphs. Yeah. Um, of, of their own, you know, about any topic of their choosing, you know, the point of copywriting is to make writing interesting, to mm. make it interesting, it needs to be as entertaining as it is persuasive. Mm. Otherwise, that's, that's kind of the secret. That's the, um, that's kind of the, <laughs> the, the section mm. where you hit uh, the best, the best type of copy in that sense. That's quite, um, so a test yeah, is I'll really good. Cut you off. I've cut you off. I just, I had, a, I had an idea coming straight from you. So the, yeah. I think the your point there is actually a really good test question as well. So I love these pre-qualification questions even before you get to like a test project, which is asking their perspective on the difference or, or, or their, their methodology or approach to understanding persuasion. And if they're coming back with some psychological principles, like you can see the depth that they've thought about it before, even before you've got to that test project. And sometimes you don't need to fully understand it because it may be why you're hiring somebody, but you need to know that they're thinking about it. Absolutely. So, and that's and that's something else. So, they should be able. The copywriter should be able to explain why they chose to write this certain way, or what, why they chose uh, this particular strategy, or why they chose to write this certain way. So, that should be one of the requirements. We have there's a gap sometimes between copywriters copywriters that are good, but they're not quite there yet, mm. and cop or they don't quite understand performance. Mm. The performance aspect. Of, they're more in the the creative time, deep branding and personality field, which is very valid and there's a place for that absolutely in terms yeah. of marketing and copywriting in general but if when we're looking at performance-based market copywriting you want someone to be able to that has that capacity to explain why they did what they did why they chose to use a certain way or what the what their thinking was mm. when they started creating uh, creating this piece mm, um, in that sense, you should also look for someone also look for someone who's not precious yeah with their, with their words uh, that's and that's the that's really the clincher i think i was rereading this question um yesterday and i think that's really that is really the key point because when it comes to performance at the end of the day it doesn't 
as much as words are important, it's they're not as important as how they perform. Yeah. So that, that's what we're looking at at the end of the day. So, you know, you could take an ad headline. It's not enough to have one ad headline. You need to have 10 head, ad headlines. You need yeah, to have yeah, three yeah. versions of one copy. You know, you're going to be mixing them at the media team is going to be mixing and matching them. So you can't just have one great headline and that's it and hope it's going to work. It yeah. doesn't work like that. So you need to have, so ideally you should be getting an understanding if someone feels that their words are very precious and mm. they can't be touched. Yeah. Um, or, or if they're open and willing to say, yeah, well, look, it's whatever converts is whatever converts, but here are some really good ideas as to what might convert. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think a, a good tip that's come out of this as well is immediately asking someone out of the gate, what are the split tests you've run and what are the different types of results you've got? And as soon as someone's got numbers behind what they're doing, you know that they're not potentially just a preciousy type of copywritery person. It's someone that's doing it for the outcome. And you know that if someone's been doing it for the outcome, like you do, I don't know which one I'm pointing to. Yeah, I'm to point to the TV. Uh, but you you had these from, from the beginning. And if you checked out your LinkedIn as well, it's just like numbers, numbers, numbers. And when it's about the outcome, uh, not about the work necessarily that you're, you're doing and being precious about, you know that if they've been doing that for a while, you learn a lot of stuff as well. So I think that's a good tip always ask people their split test results are, which is hard because if you've got like a mid-weighty type of copywriter, they might not have it. And you've actually got to get quite good to be able to get those numbers often from the clients as they might not be very sharing and caring with their digits. You have to sometimes pick nicely yeah. to, get, <laughs> to get the results. Yeah, yeah so, amazing. Um, Great it, tips. But when you can get them, it's important, yeah. Yeah, completely. And you can, you can even write that into your contracts as well. That is more mm. a tip for the copywriter. I've seen that where they're like, look, if we're writing something, give us anonymized data, but we want to be able to, uh, I guess, use this internally to know that we're improving, so we need access to the data. We don't just want to be shipping you something and not know what happens. Yeah, right on. Absolutely. Good stuff, loads of good ones. The next one, now this is, a, this is a fun one, and this is why I loved working with you in the beginning. So I've written down, how do you inject personality uh, into your brand, and how do you be brave enough to do it? but also for people that have existing products where they may not have the natural zest to, to kind of work out or to determine even what the personality is, how do you start building something around an existing brand? So in terms, well, in terms of building out personality, one of the things that I really like to do, and this is what um, I did when we worked together, is I tried to figure out, um, or, well, there's a, you can take inspiration from a few different things. If you have something that's time sensitive, you can look to what's trending at the moment in popular culture, see if there's there's a GIF, there's a meme, um, mm. you know, there there's a celebrity, there's some sort of event that's trending at the moment, like Ronaldo, um, Ronaldo recently with his water bottle gaff with Coke, with Coke versus <laughs> water, and everyone jumped on it. And some companies made some really amazing, you know, some really amazing um, content from it some really mm. amazing ads and things you know play, playing off that or we had um uh, bernie sanders and his folding chair as yeah, well yeah. we had an ikea, ikea ad with you know the bernie as featuring the folding chair named bernie so i mean there's all caught where the, when you can take um a trending social is something that's trending in social at the moment yeah. and jump on that and run with that that's something that's fantastic that's really good did so, you see did you see the colin the caterpillar one in the UK as well. Which you call it? I think, I think yes. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're <laughs> I think it was, was making the same cakes. Yeah, yeah. Audi just, Audi just blatantly ripped the shit out of it, uh, but then kind of started owning it. 
And you're right, the getting ahead of like these these fun current social moments is such a useful way to rapidly increase uh, your engagement rates as well. And then if you you're being are you being direct about connecting your brand and your products with these social moments as well, you'll see the, the conversion hold. That's a very fun tip. And it gives you justification as to why someone may be spending two hours a day on Instagram, scrolling away. Yeah, exactly. I think when, and that's the thing again, when people, so just, just touching on that point, when someone is on a social media platform, they're not looking to read ads. No one ever looks to read ads. Yeah. I mean, no one doesn't want to read. No one wants to read an ad. No one wants to read a landing page unless they've actually got there by purpose, unless they had search intent and they were looking for something and they're looking for information or they know they clicked yeah. on purpose and they're trying to get there. What they're looking for is entertainment. They're looking to, you know, for for things that are fun. Yeah. Basically, so you can align with align with their state of mind on these different platforms. That's going to help your ads perform a lot better, both in terms of the creator, but as well as the, definitely the copy for sure. Yeah, um, entirely. In terms of, so yeah, so also on that note, so if you're struggling to infuse personality into the brand, I think one of the one of the good things to do is to try and pick a celebrity or to pick a famous person that you know there's lots of video and audio, audio recordings of them and how they talk. Mm. So you can try to mimic. Mm, mimic that's clever. That. That, that, start, that can help you start to infuse a bit of personality and a bit of um, more conversa- you know, a conversational style into copy. Instead of 50% off, you know, buy one, get one free. Mm. You start to infuse that personality. You start to, you know, the slang starts seeping through or the particular style of, of talking and along, mixing long and short sentences and things like that, their natural mm. rhythm. So that starts to come across through in the copy as well. So if you That's have a really particular, clever. I remember, um, a while back, I was working with a cosmetics brand, and they wanted to. They had. A, they wanted the copy in a certain style of um, of this uh, of a supermodel influencer. So we actually listened, you know, listened, watched a couple of his, of the videos, and then just started trying to mimic, infuse that kind of essence into mm. the copy. And so the more you kind of absorb or learn about these people, then that translates over into the copy. So even though it's not explicitly you know yeah. you can tell it's not explicitly a celebrity but it infuses that fun feel or that serious feel or that professional feel or whatever um you know that smart feel whatever you're trying to communicate about your brand or what the brand values are mm. and that helps pull it that helps it come through in the copy in a kind of subtle way it's really smart i've never i've never thought about that listening directly into the celebrities to see how they speak. There's almost two different bits. So I've always approached it from more of like the customer's perspective, but you're right. Listening to the celebrity or the aspirational person takes it kind of here. And then I think you can go deeper into the trenches. Like I used to just trove through like mum's net forums trying to understand, and particularly when it was like a cohort that I definitely wasn't. This is when I was like a 21 year old, you know, Bogan Aussie from Sydney trying to understand. And you get a project, they're like, you need to understand 35 year old women now, go hit it. And you've got two days ripping through all the forums. So that was also really useful. And then the other one that worked well is getting a Zinio account and going through all of the different magazines that the people would be reading. So then I guess here you've got like a sandwich. You've got like the aspirational celebrity. You've got like the editorial standard method of communication. And then you've got the trenches, which is where all the customers are chatting. Absolutely. And I also agree with you. So if you're looking purely to infuse, if you're looking, so 
the previous statements were related if a brand is looking to, if they feel that their copy is really drab, it's not connecting with people and they are looking to infuse a brand voice or a new brand voice kind of from a top down perspective. But absolutely the best way, and I definitely agree with you is to go, is to take that bottom up approach, is to get mm. deep in the trenches, listen to the people, listen to what they're saying, listen to how they talk, how they communicate mm. with each other, and then reflect that in your writing. Because if you can communicate in the same way your, audience, your target audience communicates, whatever you write is going to feel natural. It's going to feel genuine to them. It's not going to feel like they're being sold to. It's going to yeah. feel like you're sitting across from someone having a cup of coffee and say, oh, you know, I saw this really cool thing the other day. No, da, 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 da. Mm. Instead of, instead of, you know, a salesman wedging their foot in the front door and saying, buy this thing now. So yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's really clever. And then there's, then there's of course reviews. And I think reviews, reviews are brilliant because they provide some of the most authentic, typically polarizing positive or negative it's it's often hard to understand how people talk normally because you've usually got very happy or very angry people that are leaving reviews but you get very very authentic headlines and even if there's a brand that's got like a lot of negatives like a competitor you can take that and kind of flip it like what are these people whinging about bang then you've got your positives that you can go after absolutely i recently worked on a project um on a landing page project with a luxury uh workwear bag here in in europe and from one of the customer interviews that we did in one of the customers said, I just love it because it's not, uh, it's not a mom bag. Mm. I never heard that term, but she said, it's not a mom bag. It doesn't look like a bag, a mom or huh. unquote, would lug around. And that was something that we'd never heard of, you know, that we'd never heard before, but it totally fit with what these were, you know, what these women were looking for in a work bag. So it was really said so that and that statement made it directly onto the landing page for sure. Mm. So, and that's a, that's a perfect, yeah, so you go. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I've got like a slight <laughs> delay and I also keep leaning back, so I'm getting in trouble for going out of the lights. <laughs> so my eyes are darting across. But that, that, that mum bag piece is the perfect example of injecting personality because it's like a colloquialism. And you can imagine a lot of brands that may not feel safe enough to do it, but then immediately positioning that front and center within ads is going to have cut through and then it becomes like a conversation with your friends instead of a brand trying to hammer it down exactly ah amazing so the the next one this can be tricky depending on the size of the organization so it's the importance of continuity when you're trying to inject personality through a brand continuity is one of the most important things as people have very accurate bullshit filters you know if you're talking about something in your Facebook ads first when people click through to your website and you can tell it's a different tone there's a big disconnect so when you're working with companies and just for anybody at all in general brands in particular how do you how do you think about continuity across all the different touch points and making making sure it holds true absolutely and that's that's probably the first thing that I bring up where on a discovery call is how do you how do you ensure continuity and usually they have some type of uh, the best the projects with the best kind of outcomes where it doesn't need a lot a project doesn't need a lot of editing in terms of bringing it up to the brand voice or making sure it fits in with the rest of the flow so they usually have some sort of internal messaging doc or a brand um, a brand voice and tone just something even really basic like we say things like this or we say things like that some, they have a kind of, or even just a drive, a Google Drive for folder of pieces of content or marketing assets that they already have that are 
that the intern the team feels that this is 100 percent. this mm. is exactly what we um this is the style that we're going for this is the you know the tone of voice or they can effectively communicate that they can say we want to sound like steve jobs we want to sound like um you know the, a, another brand that's similar or we want to sound as close to our customers as possible so usually they have something they have some sort of procedure or document in place that helps uh, that helps bring because usually they need it for their internal team as well you have someone mm. working on emails someone working on ads someone doing website copy someone doing landing pages so sometimes it's it can be split up depending on how large the team is as well so they have it for their own needs but then it's also great when you're bringing on contractors from the outside mm. the that's always, yeah is, sorry that that's always the godsend where yes. we're like all right what's this project going to be like they're like you know what we're good. We've already prepared all of this. Here's how we want to talk. Here's what's worked. Here's what's not. Doesn't often happen. But yeah, it's a, it's actually, it's a good practice to produce a document like this with numbers on the back of it as it starts being a useful way to everybody to learn within the organization what works and what doesn't. And particularly when there's opinions, you know, sometimes from up top where they're like, this is how we're going to talk about this. Uh, and then you test it and then they realize that the numbers have indicated maybe it was the intern's idea that had a different way of doing it. So when it's like a living and breathing document that's informed by numbers, I find that it also really helps align the organization. Absolutely, absolutely. And any um, and in addition to that, so any, if you're bringing in anyone from the outside, as I mentioned, you should be able to show them, if you're bringing them on for for an entire funnel, then they have, they have you know, they have kind of ownership of that so that's going to be really easy ensuring the tone of voice and the, you know that consistency in the copy all the way through that said if you're bringing them on for a smaller project or just a few landing pages you want them some new ads you want just a an email sequence or two or three email sequences to make sure everything aligns it's great to give to show them other pieces of the funnel so that they mm. have that context this is the landing page it's going to lead these are the ads they're clicking on this is the sign up this is the customer flow until they sign up and this is where your emails will come in and here's the sales page at the end so you should be able to mm. to give that kind of share those those pieces that's really going to help a copywriter make sure that what they're doing is in alignment with the rest of the brand mm. yeah it's also really fun to print it all out and get it all up on a wall back back in ye old days when you know someone could cough near you and, and people wouldn't run away from them like they were lepers and we're all working together in offices. It's it's so useful to print out all the individual ads and draw lines as to where it's connecting next and kind of work through the funnel. As yeah, it really it really aligns people. And one of the common themes that we'll always talk about is is alignment between people. Mm-hmm. The other thing, have you created like messaging matrices? So similar to like a personal or sorry, like a a persona type of profile doc or a brand voice doc where you may have a bunch of approved headlines, descriptions, all of that kind of shit, all in like an approved document, and then people can just pick a mix. Do you, do you produce anything like that? Um, not specifically. Normally, it's usually project specific, and I'll tell you what: there's often often and brought on to help um, either with a with a rebrand or repositioning. So we need to do a lot of that original research, and we kind of scrap most of the old messaging that they have um of course that that depends on what the what the research what the customer research ends up telling us um, what needs to change um or on the other hand brought on usually for specific i personally am brought on for usually for a specific marketing campaign so where it's specific we can 
we can go out of the boundaries of the existing document or they actually want to try a fresh approach because they simply want to test yeah. everything and pay no attention to the existing messaging and things like that. Um, but in, t in general terms, a copy or any copywriter should be able to, you know, they should be doing a lot of research as part of this, a part of any project they should be doing. They should be able to collate all those ideas or all those insights that they've uncovered into a document that they can share. So whether that's about things they notice about the target audience, specific reviews or things that stood out to them, pieces of copy or ideas that they had that say, this is the things that I feel really strongly about based on the research or based on the data. And I think these are things that we should try running within the copy and then being able to communicate that with the client. So then the client is, yeah, that's let's go ahead and test those and then we can execute on the copy. Yeah, that, that ties back into the first question, actually. So if someone's on the other side of the fence and they're working with a copywriter, I, yeah, I agree. So much of the validation should come from asking about what their research process is. And they should, they should almost not want to shut up about it. Like that's, that's when you know you've got a great copywriter. And they're like, then I do that, then I do that, then I do that. I'm like, all right, you're hired. This is sounding good. <laughs> and, and, there's just, and there's just a stack of women's weekly magazines, you know, by their bedside. You know, that's, that's the commitment you want to see. Uh, amazing. Here we've got, what have I got next? Oh, this is a fun one. So changes and patterns you're seeing in the market with different formats. So what is happening with things like long form? What is shifting with the emergence and explosion of like real style formats and story style formats and ticking and talking? How are you, how are you thinking about this and what's changing? So I think, well, there's two ways of looking at it. Um, there's a way of looking at it that's saying, you know, everything everything is changing and that's, um, you know, and things aren't going to go back the way they are. Or you can say, well, actually, things are still the way that they've always been. It's just a new format. Um, it's just a new way of looking at the same, a new angle or a new angle from the prism looking at the same, the same concepts. I think with everyone's like TikTok and Reels and this and everyone's getting really psycho you know not psycho excited a little psycho potential I've, it's made me it's made me a little psycho the depth that you'll go through reels uh it's hypnotic but yeah so i have got a little psycho but no and and I, and I agree i agree but um i think again it comes back to the alignment of what people are looking for when they're on those platforms it's if first of all if your audience is on those platforms if they are doing for product discovery and things like that, I think it's great. For general brand awareness, I think it's great. I think there's not enough time available in these short, in the you know, in these short clips, in these limits that we have to communicate some deep points. So as for top of funnel and things like that, I think it can be really great. Again, we're still still pretty early days, but at the end of the day, people will read anything. People will engage with anything if it's interesting to them. Mm. People will sit down and still download an ebook and they will read it from start to finish if it's interesting to them. Mm. Yeah, it might take them a week to do it. They might read an hour here and an hour there and it might take them a week or two weeks to finish it or they might you know, pick it down and put it back and come back up again. Um, but I think it's still the principles of underlying human behavior and psychology is still there. When people are on those platforms, they're looking for something fun that's entertaining, it's engaging. Mm. That's kind of the golden rule for all content anyway. So whether it's, you know, in a shorter or a shorter format or a longer format, it should still follow those same principles. Mm. Um, that said, I think there's 
great opportunity for brands to do more experimentation with their brand awareness, with <clears throat> the different marketing angles, with having fun and creativity. Yeah. I think the death, of, the death of third party cookies has actually been a really good thing for marketing. There's a strap line. Yeah. I like that one. You don't get to hear that too often. <laughs> Eating, coming in strong. I agree there. No, well, I, yeah, in some ways. In some ways, yeah, it's absolutely. terrifying. I mean, and so I know, I, I know it's really difficult, and all the everyone I know is is really stressed about it. But at the same at the same time, it's like, wait, so what are we really trying to achieve with marketing here in the first place? Mm. What are we actually trying to do? We're trying, and you know, when you when you look at it, having so much data means that you're relying solely on the data and we've stopped being there's stopped being a lot of creativity in marketing because well the data says this what it is is that and just kind of chasing this rabbit hole mm. of data and kind of leaving all the creative experimental stuff for another time because it, we're too busy chasing the data because everyone wants everyone wants numbers to go up yeah. everyone likes to see positive numbers everyone wants to keep growing and that's fine but there needs to be there's always been a need to experiment and to be more creative and I think having you know the new with the new restrictions with the new privacy restrictions and everything i think that's actually going to bring more of that creativity back we have to go back to thinking of these mm. wild marketing angles thinking of personality infused things thinking of what's a way to help communicate our brand values or communicate the you know our usp in a fun engaging informative way that people are going to enjoy yeah couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I love it. And I, I like that it's terrifying a lot of people because it, it got so quant when you're thinking about like a performance marketing channel like Facebook. People relied so heavily on uh, on the pixels and then the segmentation. Then they ripped a lot of the segmentation capability out. And now people are thinking more about creative. But what happens with essentially the source of the ideation when you've lost any attribution, well, a heavy amount of attribution to try and validate these different ideas, I think you move backwards along the pipeline, which then comes down to the weight of how people create these different ideas. So I think people are going to start focusing on qualitative a lot more. They're going to be talking to people. They're going to be having different types of brainstorm sessions. And you're going to have to go a lot bolder because if you're trying to validate ideas, even with, with qualitative, you need to have polarizing perspectives or polarizing kind of entry points to then try and get anything useful out of that qualitative research. So I think, yeah, people are going to be going a bit bolder. So yeah, you're one of the first other people that has been a little bit excited about the loss of attribution. <laughs> Farewell attribution. No. It's not going yet. It's not going yet. It's just no, going it's to... <laughs> going. And yeah, yeah, you're, and you're right. And look, it, it, it is important. I'm not, I'm not going to say segmented is not important. I'm not going to say audience is not important. I'm not going to say that's not because that is important. You know, all that optimization, that stuff that is important. But what happened kind of in the last 15, 20 years was that that took primary importance. Mm. So it's like what the data says versus keeping 10 to 20% of budget just for experimenting, just for putting up an ad with a unicorn head. I don't know, in a hypnotic background and just people going, what the heck is this brand or that is so funny and sharing it and it goes viral and it's, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So there are, there are so many, um, I think there are so many new possibilities available yeah. now that, now that they're, that they have to lessen their reliance on attribution. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. The attribution that will never go away and I'll yeah. talk about this loads over all these different chats we have 
uh, is money in, money out never changes. Like you can ultimately look at the amount you're receiving in your bank account and you can look at the amount that you're donating to Facebook and to Google and soon to be more to, to TikTok uh, for us. That never goes away. So then you've got the relative attribution within the individual platforms like Facebook and AdWords and how, how our whole approach to attribution used to be money in, money out from like a, a VP growth level. And then within that, it was like, all right, Facebook, you need to improve Facebook's numbers based on what you're seeing. So we, we got stuck in red herrings when we were trying to compare perfect attribution between Facebook and AdWords. What happens is if someone sees a Facebook ad, doesn't click it, then they come back via, uh, via retargeting, does click that, goes back, blah, blah, blah. It was too slow. It was too slow. And instead, we put strategic focus on improving the numbers that we could trust enough. So even with Facebook now, if you've lost a bunch of your attribution, still focus heavily on the creative testing, come up with really bold ideas, and you can still reference whether Facebook's improving versus Facebook month on month, assuming they don't rip more of the guts out. Then all of the recommendations I've made are completely invalid. So please take note of that. Uh, okay, cool. That's changing in patent changes in patents. The last one we've got here is examples of companies that you're absolutely loving at the moment. It'd be good to rip apart a couple of those. That's really hard. Um, that's a hard one. Is it because they haven't they haven't worked with Eden Bidani? That's why. <laughs> they, they ain't got the sizzle. No, I think. Um, I think one of the company, two, one of two of the companies that I've seen recently that I'm really, I really admire because they're both taking, they're they're both using pattern interrupts mm. to kind of catch attention. They are taking that bold approach, and they have been been taking that bold approach for a long time, and now that's become their signature style. Um, one, I think, one uh, is Sticker Mule. Sticker Mule. I'm not pull sure. Them, pull them up. I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but they they print they have st all kinds of stickers and things like that, and every single email they sell, ah. every single email, it's like four anywhere between one to five lines in every single email they sell, but they do it with humor, they do it, you know, in an engaging way. So it's not just buy this now, and it's mm. not it's even text, it's not even and yeah. design, it's not even HTML, it's not even designed, like it's just. Um, one, you know, one of their emails was for a hot sauce that they brought out, and it's like this is the tastiest hot sauce you'll ever buy from a sticker company. And, huh. and, and, and we're really, you know, that. But that was it. That was the hook, and that it was curious, curiosity driven. It was fun. It was entertaining, even though it was selling. Mm. So they came. They've come with this, you know, sarcastic selling, but then unabashedly selling as mm. well. So there was like. We're trying to sell to you, but we're going to make it enjoyable for you. Yeah, um, that's phenomenal. So that's something that, yeah, that's something I think that they're really doing well. I'm just, you I'm know, checking. The cardinal rule, it's like, it's like don't sell in every single email, and it's like, well, they do. Yeah, but it works. It really works for them. Again, that that also comes down to knowing your audience, and of course, but that relates what we were talking to you about being polarizing. I think the yeah. brands. Brands that are polarizing, it doesn't mean that you're going to miss out on the rest of the world. It yeah. means that you'll be very very good at having great retention with a specific group of customers yeah and they'll keep spreading the word you know and once you have that so you have the core audience will have a strong uh you know customer base have good retention with uh, with this group but it doesn't mean that you won't attract people who are outside that group it just mm. means that you'll have a strong 
you know, strong retention, and that's what everyone really wants is retention. Acquisition is for retention. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, completely. They're really fun. Custom stickers that kick ass. I I yes. love it. I love it. And it's it's also fun when you when you come in with a, an open and strong enough position to say things like this because you open yourself up to unlimited possibilities for more interesting engagement across your ads, across your emails, across even even having funny, funny types of scripts of when people are talking in customer service or engaging or opening up chats, any of this stuff. People are gonna have a lot more fun. And it's just stickers. It's stickers. Yeah. So if, you, if you're yeah. able to make people laugh and giggle when they're ordering some bloody stickers, uh, it's phenomenal. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, have you got another one, Eden? Another another fun brand you're liking? Yeah, I think another one. Um, another one is uh, the Udi. I don't know if you've seen them. Um, the, the Udi O O D I E. It's like this huge oversized oh, yeah. <laughs> blanket thing. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, they're, just a bit I mean, They're great. They just they come on really strong. I mean, they're an Aussie brand too, so you know, they come on really strong. No nonsense. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the- <laughs> Got some great video content um, and things like that too. Yeah, um, it's it's fun yeah, when you've got something bold like this as well. As you'll you'll also get all the UGC. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Look at this. They just actually, Eddie, if you can, if you can share, it, I just want to be able to show this. is so funny. Uh, it's just it's bait for people to want to share it when it's full of like ridiculousness, like this. But even the even our fun even the fun guys at Sticker Mule. I bet they've got ridiculous shit when you receive your stickers. I bet as soon as you open the package, I bet they've got a funny little note or they've got a funny little surprise. That's the kind of stuff that people are gonna to wanna to be sharing. Yeah, absolutely. And one of, one of the things, there's another brand as well like that um, called uh, Baboon to the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Baboon to the Moon, they make travel wear and accessories and they have, they look normal on the outside, but inside they have these total hipster blow your mind kind of patterns that you wouldn't even it looks like it belongs on a hawaiian shirt but then even not on a hawaiian shirt because it's just really trippy uh, yeah. and their you know their email their emails as well and all their content it's just like that's that's who it their their kind of theme is the road less traveled mm. so really it is they're highlighting for the specific audience if you have, take a look inside any of their bags you'll see the <laughs> insane patterns and you'll see what i mean oh they're so but their, good their emails, their emails too like one of their emails was what does space smell like <laughs> <laughs> it's like what, i would not know i would not know and turns out they were pitching a scented candle um wow said, you know, clever but but that, that they named it space but at the same time they said well we can kind of tell you what it smells like but you really have to buy one to experience it for yourself so it, at the same time it was being genuine yeah while also pitching the product it's like we can't really describe the smell for you like how can you describe the smell so but smart that's i think one of the it. i think it's one of the best examples of of clickbait that has directly then synced in with the product tie so smart yep. i'm looking at all their products now let me i'll open one up and share it to the screen it looks it looks more like a dmt trip than a than a bomb bag they got some. They got some huge bags, duffel bags, things like that. Some amazing things. It's really cool. Where are these guys out of? I've seen them once before. I'm not sure. I think they're in the U. I'm not sure if they might be in the US. But ah, oh, it's really, really tidy. And you're right. And this, this 
is a perfect example before when we're talking about continuity of message. But even beyond uh, just a copy flow across all the touch points, the copy sounds like what the product looks like. Yes. Yeah, there's a real tie in. It's not like the copy is, it feels really dry and SEO optimized. Yeah. And then the branding is like fun and looks really cool. But um, yeah, the visual branding is, is really cool, but at the same, it, it all ties in together. So uh, again, there, there needs to be continuity, not just between, not just copy between different touch points, as you mentioned, but between the visual, mm. uh, you know, between the creatives and the visual branding as well as the copy. Because if there's a disconnect there, then people will just be like, you know, oh, that's a really cool, fun looking reel, or it's a fun looking TikTok, and they click through the brand, and it's like, yeah, you know, they're they're, not, they're gonna be like, yeah, interested, yeah, you know, and yeah, I've seen that, I've seen that a, uh, a load of times, particularly with Snapchat, where you could tell a brand was like, uh, it was run by people from a different demographic. And they were like, oh, my, my young nephew knows Snapchat. Let's get him to create some of the, the content. Uh, yeah. And then you're right. It's like this cool, edgy, young thing. And then it links to like an air conditioning unit. They're like, nah, yeah. you didn't hit it. You didn't yeah. hit it. Amazing. That is a great example to finish on. So that is it. It has been brilliant. Thank you so much for coming. Let's just recap a little bit about the points that we went through. So we talked about how do you find amazing copywriters? How do you validate the right people? How do you even manage them? We then talked about how to inject, I was counting with my fingers, but I've done sub points. So I have to restart the count on my fingers. Then we talked about how to inject personality into your brand and be bold, but have uh, continuity, meaning that personality maintains its life. Then we talked about the importance of, oh, I'm up to, up to three, the importance of continuity when you have multiple people working on different projects, There's loads of really good stuff in there. Then we talked about changes and patterns you were seeing with things such as Reels and Snap and that a lot of the fundamentals really aren't changing there, but then how to adapt some of those fundamentals to these new touch points. And then fifth, to both cameras, we went over some companies uh, that you're absolutely loving and they were fantastic, a lot learned that is it so thank you so much for coming on as always it has been an absolute pleasure if people want to get in touch with you how should they get in touch with you yeah best way would be through linkedin through linkedin that's the easiest and fastest way there we go amazing thanks so much that's all right thanks for having me again cool cheers thank you everyone for listening if you want to find out more about grow shop head over to growth.shop to see how we scale direct to consumer brands to 50 million and beyond. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We appreciate everyone's support while we get the ball rolling on the Grow Shop Show. So if you like the episode, share the love with your network. Thanks again and see you on the next one.